This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal here on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing. So I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, basically, you give them a membership list. And from there, they contact your members and it's no high pressure sales or anything. And it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on Community Matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Katie Lorenzen. Katie is the Director of Communications and Events at the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. She spearheads the Chamber's multifaceted marketing and communications initiative, engaging with a diverse array of stakeholders, including Chamber members, the public, media, board, and staff members. Her role involves closely collaborating with every department to craft coherent and compelling communication and marketing materials that cater to their unique needs. Beyond communications, she meticulously organizes and oversees the myriad of events that the Chamber orchestrates, ensuring that they align with the organization's objectives and standards. Katie has been a part of the Chamber team since May of 2021, initially as the Marketing and Communications Coordinator before stepping into the role as Marketing and Communications Manager in January 2023, and subsequently evolving into her current position in September 2023. Before joining the Chamber as a staff member, she was a member of the Chamber with her photography business for four years. Katie holds a bachelor's degree in journalism with a concentration in photojournalism from Ball State University. She's a graduate from the Indiana Chamber Executives Association Hoosier Chamber Academy in June 2022 and is currently pursuing a master's degree at Purdue University. Katie, I am very excited to have you with us today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I would love to give you an opportunity to say hello to all the Chamber Champions that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so we can all get to know you a little better. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Brandon, for having me on. I've been listening to your podcast ever since I have been 
um, a chamber professional. So I was super excited to get this opportunity. <laughs> you helped me grow into this position. So I appreciate that. Um, and everyone that's been on the podcast as well. Um, just a little something interesting about myself um, that isn't in my bio. If I had a you know, a separate universe life, then I probably would have been a detective. I love true crime stuff. It's kind of weird how much I love it. But even growing up, I was, uh, you know, doing forensics, trying to figure out fingerprinting and putting clues together. So that is what, what I would be in a different life. <laughs> That's that is interesting. And there's something to that, the thrill of solving a mystery, you know? Yes. My, my wife, she works at our kids' elementary school. She's a front desk receptionist. And every now and then she'll come home from work and say, I should have a detective badge. <laughs> like, what'd you do today? You know, and usually it's some, you know, kid in the neighborhood that's caused some mischief and they get caught on a ring doorbell camera or something. So the police will bring it to the school and say, do you recognize this kid? <laughs> <laughs> so she solves the mysteries. So. Yes. <laughs> but there's, there's something to that, uh, the thrill of solving a mystery for sure. Oh, yeah. Even um, like watching it on television shows, I'm all about, OK, I wonder if this happens next. <laughs> right, right. Well, tell us a little bit more about the Greater Bloomington Chamber, just to give us an idea of you know, the size, staff, scope of work, um, the type, you know, what kind of work you guys are involved with, just to kind of set the table for our discussion. Yeah, absolutely. So the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce is located in Bloomington, Indiana. We are the home of Indiana University. So go Hoosiers which is very ironic considering I go to Purdue University for my graduate education. Um, we are rivals, so that's really fun to be a part of. Um, but the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce, we have six full-time staff members and one part-time staff and a ton of interns. Currently, we have one high school intern, two undergrad um, scholar interns, so they'll be with us for all four of their undergrad years and two grad fellows, which are also um, going to be with us for their whole grad um, program. So that's how many we have. We have a ton of people here. Um, and we have about 850 members currently. Um, Bloomington itself, the size is about 80,000 people. And then Monroe County, which is the county that Bloomington resides in, is about 140,000. We say we are the greater Bloomington. So, yes, we do have a lot of Bloomington businesses, but also more Monroe County and surrounding. Very good. That that definitely helps to give some perspective. And even going through your bio, just in the marketing communications, as you've had different roles, mm -hmm. it shows you guys are you've, you've got a you've got a good amount of staff. You get, you yes. Know, a, a good team there to work with. So that's Absolutely. awesome. Uh, well, our topic that we've settled on for today um, is very relevant and timely for uh, all the buzz that's going around right now around chat GPT and AI and generative AI. And so we're going to dive in you know, deeper in that discussion today. Katie's done some, some great presentations on this at different conferences. So we're going to kind of tap into her her wealth of knowledge to be able to share some of that uh, with all you chamber pros as we as we move forward in this conversation. We'll dive into that as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. 
Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Are you looking for a way to grow and manage your Chamber of Commerce more effectively? Look no further than Chamber Nation. Their innovative software provides everything you need to streamline operations, engage members, and increase revenue. With features like event management, membership directories, advanced membership tools, mobile apps, community kiosks, and financial reporting, Chamber Nation makes it easy to run your chamber like a well-oiled machine. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your chamber to the next level. Visit richardscalendar.com to learn more about Chamber Nation today. Howdy, it's Donna Nowitzki here, CEO of Yifty. Fun fact about local businesses. Did you know that small businesses employ 57% of the U.S.'s non-government workforce? Many of these small businesses are your chamber members. We are here to help you help them. As you heard last week, we do digital gift cards for 500 plus communities and we call them community cards. Our chamber partners get a custom gift card branded for you that works exclusively in your member stores. The program is free for you and free for your members. We even give you reports so you can tell them how much business you brought them. Sign up for a live Zoom demo with me or one of my teammates at yifty.com demo or email sales at yifty.com. That's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com. That's it for now. Back to the show. All right, Katie, we are back. Um, so I'm excited to, to learn how you're using generative AI and just AI in general as a chamber professional, uh, where you see the use cases and where it's helped to save you time, make your job easier and does it save you time at this point, you know, or is it just the learning and everything, but it ends up making your job easier? I'd love just to hear how you're integrating this and hopefully spark some ideas for listeners that maybe want to explore some of these aspects of utilizing AI at their chamber. Absolutely. Uh, so first and foremost, like artificial intelligence is just this plethora of things. So it pretty much ultimately is intended to make computers do things that when done by people are described as having indicated intelligence. So I was very skeptical at first. I'm not one of those people who typically jump on bandwagons. Um, so in November of last year, or sorry, two, it would be November 2022 at that point, um, when it came out, I was like, I don't know about this chat GPT. It kind of seems... A little not in my realm. Then I tried it. All I did was just ask it a few questions. And I was like, wow, I just opened the door to something that's going to make my life so much easier just by asking it simple questions. And the more I've been using it, the more I have learned how to write the prompts that are necessary for it to generate the kind of answers that I'm needing. So for example, the one thing I use a 
it a lot for is just rewriting a lot of our website copy. It sounds very dated and some of it's not customer focused and that's more of what it needs to be. Um, You want it to say, like I ask it, this is what we currently have on our website for our membership benefits. Can you rewrite this in more of a customer focused realm or point of view and also give some examples of why it's important for somebody to join the Chamber of Commerce. And they will give you a full list. Like a lot of the time, if you ask it for a list, it'll give it to you. And now that I've used it so much, it thinks that I like list all the time. So <laughs> it will continuously give me list until I say, please stop putting it in the list. I just need a paragraph. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then it typically apologizes. It goes, oh, I'm so sorry. Let me fix that for you. <laughs> Right, right. So that's the big thing that I'm doing right now is just rewriting a lot of our website copy. Um, I've also used it for social media copy. I've even asked it to create social, like a social media plan. Um, Small Business Week was something I was like, okay, I want to do something different. I don't just want to say, yeah, Small Business Week, let's celebrate small business. Let's actually make some sort of content with it. And so it was able to give me five different days of social media content that all I had to do was just pretty much copy and paste and find some graphics and photos to go with it. Yeah. So talk to us a little bit more about rewriting the website copy. Are you literally, are you copy and pasting paragraphs from your website, plugging in chat GPT, or are you able to give a link to the website and say, scan this page and tell me how, how does that interface work for those listening? Yeah, it depends on what program you're using and what version of the program you're using. Um, I know some websites will do that, um, but not all of them. Like I primarily use ChatGPT and ChatGPT4, so I use the paid version, um, but I don't put a link in there. I literally copy and paste the exact information, so that way I like, because a lot of our content, it's pretty long website page, so I just was like, no, I just want this section rewritten in this point of view. And then obviously the main thing is I always say double check its work because <laughs> yes. you never know what it's going to pop out um, and you want to edit it. I don't ever think that you should copy and paste directly from whatever chat GPT or, you know, whatever generative AI system you're using. You need to go in and ov- like have oversight. It gets you 80% of the way there, but you need to go in and edit and finesse it and make it more your voice. Yes. So you shared your experience in November of 20, I guess it's 2022, right? Mm-hmm. When ChatGPT was made public and available for everybody to use. And I remember going to Thanksgiving dinner, my brother-in-law was like, oh, you got to check this out. And he's he's a very loud in your face kind of person anyway. So he's shoving his phone in everybody's face saying, you know, ask it a question and just very excited about it. And like, okay, calm down. You know, so I asked it a few questions and and really the responses I got back, because I was asking business related questions, you know, how can I you know create a social media post for my podcast or tell me about a chamber of commerce, like what chambers of commerce do. And just the feedback I was getting from it initially, I needed to to verify, you know, that the stuff it was kicking out and granted, this is chat GPT three. Um so it wasn't, it hadn't scanned, you know, nearly as much of the, of the web and, and things like that. But, um, an example of, uh, just this last week, I've got a daughter in fifth grade. She came home with a math problem in her homework that she wasn't able to figure out. And my, I think it was my son who's a senior said, well, ask chat GPT. And, and like, first of all, it seems like cheating, right. On your homework to plug it in. But like we worked through the problem 
got the answer. And then I'm like, I'm going to try this, you know? So I asked ChatGPT exactly how the question was on the homework. And immediately it spit back an answer. And it wasn't the right answer. <laughs> so I, I gave it some clarifying, you know, prompts along with it. Then it apologized, spit back another answer, and it's it never came up with the right answer. And after verifying like more and more of the criteria with it, it kept apologizing, but then it kept giving me the, the same answer over and over. I'm like, okay, and this is still chat GPT GPT 3.5. So it wasn't the paid version. Maybe that would have gotten me better results, but goes to the point of you need to verify. You can't just trust everything that it puts out as being doctrine. Like you gotta, you gotta really read it. You gotta make sure it's accurate. And some may say, well, does that really save you time then? So how would you approach that with, if you need to verify everything, how does that aspect work and time saving or, you know, the application into real world scenarios? I think it varies on what you're planning on using ChatGPT for. So if you're using it for research that can definitely still take you some more time. It hasn't been able to scan everything and it's still learning. It's still, you know, it's still a child and it's learning new tech. Yeah, it's still a baby. It's still trying to figure out what it's doing. Um, But for me, I use it more for things that I know aren't fact-based, like hard numbers type of thing. I use it more for like the colorful language. Um, For an example, there was one way someone emailed us and I was trying to explain to them, I don't think you understood what I was trying to say, but also saying it in a much better way because there are sometimes where your brain just, you know, when that clicker um, icon just keeps going on a blank word screen, that's how I felt with this. I was like, I don't know how to say this. So I just asked ChatGPT and it gave me a much better way of writing it that actually was exactly what I wanted to say but I just didn't have the words or the sound mind at that point. Cause I think it was like four 30 on a Friday or something and it put it all together and flowed nicely. Um, so that was something I more use it for is, or at least for chat GPT, I use it more for that aspect. Um, even if you ask it to give you a source, sometimes it makes it up. So, right. but at right. least if you can look up and see if that source even exists, and that sometimes works. I think I've only used it a few times with statistics. And then what I'll do is I'll just copy and paste the statistic that it gives me and look up where it is the in source. Google. Yeah, just to verify, make sure that's fine. But yeah, it, it varies because I've also heard similar situations with homework where someone, it was, I think it was a NPR that I was listening to, and they were saying, well, my daughter was doing homework and they And I'm a history major, and it asked if this particular person in history was uh, pro-separation of church and state or um, against it, and it gave the wrong answer. (laughs) And they were like, that's Mm. not right. So I, if you ever ask it fact-based information like that, then I would at least just copy and paste what it gave you and ask it as much question as you can to get where they got it from, quote-unquote. And then you can find it on the internet pretty quickly. So is there value to giving it feedback to say that's not a correct answer or yes. kind of challenge the answer a little bit? I, I think so, because it's learning based off of what you are giving it as well. So like if you there's even after every single prompt that it gives you, was this what you were looking for? or Was this not? And then there's a thumbs up, thumbs down. And you just put that in there. It actually is teaching it 
that's another way that it's learning on giving the correct answers. So if other people start asking similar questions or something like that, it's it's now learning based off of our responses. Right, right. Um, and I think, you know, although some of the information you get may not be totally accurate and need to verify, um, if you're, you know, having some writer's block going on or looking for ideas just to be able to put a prompt in and receive, you know, a ton of ideas and, you know, pretty much instantaneously things that will get those, you know, creative juices going in your mind again. Um, I've heard it said that it's not to replace your own thinking in your own mind, but it's to supplement. It's to to add to what you're already doing. Yes. Yeah. Um, I know an, an example that I had, there was a, a chamber professional that had mentioned how much they enjoy the podcast and, you know, very nice email about what they have appreciated. I said, this is great. Would you mind, you know, putting this as a review on Apple podcasts? And they tried and tried, they couldn't figure it out. They're like, can you tell me how to, leave a review, like, let me ask chat GPT. So I just said, how do you leave a review for a pie? And just copy and paste it. And I could have typed the response and said, here's how you do it. But to look up each, you know, the website and give a link and here and there and back and forth, just to plug it in chat GPT, it was all right, copy, paste, send, and it was done. And it was yeah, off as long my, as you, my doctor, it was easy. Yeah, as long as you just review it and be like, yeah, that's exactly how you do it, then you can just copy and paste, which is nice. And that's kind of what I've done even for scripts for videos that we do. Um, I've asked it to make it. You can even ask it, can you make this more of a TED Talk style? Um, and it will completely re rewrite it. I did that actually for the first time I presented this at um, the Indiana Chamber Executives Association Conference. I asked, can you write my intro? <laughs> and I didn't like how it was. I was like, how about we try TED Talk style? Yeah, very different. It was it almost felt like when you were reading it out loud, exactly how it starts. <laughs> right. up Any TED talk. <laughs> so maybe let's talk about that a little bit about the prompts that we put into to any AI generative AI assistant. Um, what kind of things do we need to consider? Because I think we're very much you know, a lot of the public is very much still in the mindset of Google, right? You put in. Mm -hmm. What is this? You put in a question, get a response. So talk to us about a prompt and maybe becoming a, a prompt engineer, so to speak. <laughs> yes, yes. So that is something I have definitely been trying to hone my skills on is learning how to create the best prompts. I always say garbage in, garbage out. So whatever, if you give it like subpar information, it's going to give you a subpar answer. So you want to make sure that it has as much information as you can possibly give it. Like if you're trying to make a, I'll do something pretty simple, like a social media post. If you tell it your audience exactly who it's supposed to cater to, you can even tell it more of like your customer persona. It will give you a much better answer and a less generic answer. It'll become more personalized. So that's a lot of the time why I copy and paste a lot of our content when I'm asking it to rewrite it. So I say, take this and move it to something more like this other thing. So that could be, you know, saying it needs um, it needs to have more colorful language. Can you make it sound more professional? This needs to be more towards small business owner, not necessarily the big business. So you can change up exactly what you're wanting it to do. Um, but 
the more specific, the better it is. Yeah. So as you're given that response, it reminds me, I had recently read a book called The AI Whispers Method. Ooh. And it it's a it's an AI generative fiction novel. So it takes the the whole hero, you know, storyline and plugs it into to teach you how to use AI. And it talks a lot about generating prompts and even asking, like for example, with Chat GPT to act as a math teacher or act as a, a math professor to give me an answer to this problem or act as a sports historian and tell me why, you know, this scenario is happening. Or So being able to give that context of act as if or act as a mm -hmm. different, you know, um, expert in different fields, it's able to tap into different resources and really understand what it is that you're looking for. So as I played around with that, there's a lot of power in the act as uh, prompt when you plug that into to chat GPT. Absolutely. That's actually something I do for our customer journey type of thing. I said to chat GPT, act as if you are a brand new business. You've never heard of the Chamber of Commerce. You are interested in it because someone mentioned that it's a great thing to join. Why should they join? What are their pain points? What are their objectives? What are the rebuttals to those objectives? So you can really start tailoring your content to better address their pain points and why you're the solution to their problems. Right. I love that. Um, so let's, let's maybe circle back a little bit more to the, the generative AI uh, discussion. So you mentioned you, you've used it to rewrite website content. You've used it for social media posts. What other applications are you seeing in the chamber world specifically for using generative AI? Uh, that is a fabulous question. So for me, I've been using it more, obviously, for the marketing aspect of it. Um, I've even asked it to write event descriptions. So what makes people come into the event more? What makes it more appealing? Besides just saying, you know, come to this chamber event at this day on this time at this place. We look forward to expanding your network. Hope to see you there. It sounds the exact same every single time. So how do I change it up and make it sound more exciting? What makes that chamber member have to be at that event? So I use that a lot for um, to change up the descriptions. Um, I've also asked it to make correct, like full social media campaigns, not just the um, captions itself. Also, like I mentioned earlier, the market research, different emails to members. So like how, like if you're saying I want people to fill out this survey, what makes someone fill out this? If you ask ChatGPT, write this email enticing people to fill out this survey that doesn't, obviously we're all nonprofits. We don't have a whole lot of money to give out as an incentive. So without incentives, um, creating different types of plans for customer journeys. Um, the one that I've used the most often is writing up our, we have a sponsorship book um, that we do all at one time, kind of like YGM does. Um, and so I've asked it to rewrite our sponsorship book and why people should sponsor it and why it's important to sponsor it. And then lately I have noticed um, AI disclosures on your website, writing a um, disclaimer for your website. We actually didn't have quite a few, like the privacy policies, those things that you're supposed to have on your website. And so I was like, 
I'm going to see if ChatGPT can come up with something very like simple and then obviously run it by our lawyer <laughs> just to make yeah. sure everything sounds great. But it really helped take out a lot of the guesswork for us. We didn't have to do, you know, how many hours of research trying to make sure that what we had in there would be sound for us to use, even if it's just like a blanket one. I think ours is our AI disclaimer is probably two paragraphs just saying, you know, we use AI. There are things that may be generated by AI that come out here, but there's always human oversight ultimately is what it says, but in some more legalese terms. Yeah, yeah. I like that. So I guess that brings up a, a good talk, a good point to talk about as well, where I know I've been at chamber conferences and breakout sessions. You've, you've you know, led some of these breakout sessions where we talk about AI. And the question always comes up as far as the legality, the copyright issues, if you're, especially like image generation, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're asking generative AI to to produce an image for you, who owns the rights to that? Is there copyright issues if you're bringing in certain elements into that? Um, so if you would speak a little bit to the, the, lega the legality and regulations around AI and what we need mm -hmm. to kind of be aware of and kind of look out for as we kind of navigate through this new world of artificial yeah. intelligence. Absolutely. This is definitely something we need as chamber professionals. If you're using AI just to keep up to date on, there are quite a few websites that you can track uh, legislation. Um, and there's a lot on AI. Um, currently right now, as of August 30th of 2023, um, the U.S. Copyright Office issued a notice of inquiry in the Federal Registrar on Copyright and AR pretty much just means they're going to be studying it to see kind of whether legislation or regulatory steps are even warranted um, and also just steps to advise Congress on any le legislation that does come through. Um, but anything right now made by something other than human is not protected by copyright. So if I like that AI disclosure I was talking about, I can't if someone else wanted to copy and paste it and use it, they legally can. And I can't cry that that's copyright. Um, so that's one thing that we have to look at. Right now, a lot of people are getting frustrated with the image portion of it. I haven't used that aspect too much because I still feel like there is a lot of stock photo that I can use in that aspect. Um, and I don't need to just create an image that we don't have. But other people are saying that it's very unfair to the artist, which I do as someone who's a photographer. <laughs> I get right. that completely. Um, and it takes, you know, scanning my work to use it on someone else's. Yeah, that's. Not exactly something I'm a fan of, but I am interested to see where that's going to be going in the legislations and any um, what Congress is planning on doing on that. And I do think that they're in a very interesting position right now. And I think they do need to take that whole issue very seriously that AI is here and it's going to it's, you know, people are still scared of it, but it was very similar to like when the Internet happened, it Everyone was scared of it. It was this big thing that everyone's like, this is going to change the world. It did. But now if we look back, if you don't have a website, you're not really relevant. So right. that's or you're not considered trustworthy. So if that's something similar, what AI is going to do, that's I'm just very interested to see where it's going to go, what regulations we're going to have. Um, so just keeping up to date, making sure that we are using it legally, <laughs> then that is something that we do 
need to do um, and do our due diligence on it as, you know, people that are in the community seen as a trustworthy and uh, leader. Yeah, for sure. No, it's definitely important to keep that on the forefront with, you know, any legislation that comes out. But I think to your point with the internet, you know, if you didn't adopt the internet and have a website now, you're kind of irrelevant. And I see a very similar course with AI and just the AI technology has been adopted quicker than any other technology in the history of mankind. I don't know, oh, besides yeah. like fire, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but as far as the technology goes, it's been adopted very quickly. And I could easily see in five or 10 years, maybe it doesn't even take that long, that there's going to be two types of chambers, right? There's going to be the mm -hmm. ones that use AI and the ones that are no longer around, essentially, because they're not relevant and they're not able to really leverage the power that comes from AI, especially when you're dealing with limited budgets and being nonprofits mm -hmm. and all that. There's it, a lot of leverage. Yeah. And I completely understand why it would seem intimidating or scary at first, because I was in that same exact boat. But as soon as I tried it, I was very surprised at the fact that I felt like it was something that anyone and everyone can use. Even if you're just asking it simple questions like, can you give me a recipe for a very simple meal? Like something, it's something you can just play around with and have fun. And the more you use it, the more you find things that you can use it for. Yeah. I've heard people take, you know, just in random ingredients they have in the refrigerator and say, mm -hmm. I've got these seven ingredients. Give me a recipe of something I can make yes. out of this and it'll do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So um, where would you suggest somebody get started with a journey in AI and just kind of getting their mind wrapped around it? Yeah, I would say just pick a few, like one or any of the generative AI tools that we have available. Google's version is Bard. Um, then there's ChatGPT. There's all just obviously Google. <laughs> just Google right. or go in your search engine and ask it for a generative AI tool and just start asking it questions. And the more you do it, the more you'll get better at asking the I don't want to say right questions, but better questions. You refine <laughs> um, the questions. Yes, you yeah. refine the questions to get the answers that you're looking for. And then you start, that's when your wheels start turning and figuring out where can I apply this in my professional life? Right. So I didn't give you a heads up that I was going to ask you this question. So if we need to edit it out, we can. But <laughs> I, I'm curious, what are you excited about on the forefront that you see coming with AI? in the next oh, weeks, gosh. months, years. I am just excited to see the evolution of where it's going. It just reminds me of like when the first iPhone came out, like and just seeing how it evolves and where it's at now that it's pretty much a part of our daily lives. If you're an Apple user, obviously, but it's something that I am just excited to see where it's going to go. I'm excited to see how our legislation will take this and you hopefully use it for the good. Obviously there's always some bad actors, but I think overall this is going to be something that's extremely well received in, in our world. Right. I, I think there's just a world of opportunity available. And quite honestly, I don't know if legislation can keep up, you know, with no. the, the trends and the way things will develop, but we need to be plugged in and, and not be burying our head in the sand, pretending exactly. like it'll go away because it's not going to go away. Um, well, Katie, as we look to the future, 
Um, actually, let me back up before I ask that question. For a chamber who's listening, who wants to take their chamber up to the next level, what kind of tip or action item might you share for them to, to try to accomplish that goal? I would say the tip to use is embrace playing. I know that sounds so weird, but embrace that it's something new. Embrace change. It will make a world of a difference because I can even tell you even in my office, as soon as people started embracing this tool, it was a game changer. Like our membership director, she now uses that a lot to help personalize each individual sales email instead of just having like this copy and paste mentality of the same type of email, she can personalize it a lot more saying, this is the industry this person is in. And now she says that she really can't go without it. Our operations manager uses it to help create some Excel documents. Like it's different things. The more you play with it and embrace the change that it can bring, the better I think we'll all be. Absolutely. It reminds me, um, last year, our church, we were putting together a fundraiser for our youth program at church. And I was trying to get the text together for the flyers that were going to go out and promote it on social media and everything. And I was just having the hardest time trying to make all the words fit on this flyer without being crowded and like telling what we're trying to accomplish. And I told my wife, I'm, I'm going to see what ChatGPT will say. And I plug it in, give it the, the prompts, and it spit back an answer that was beautiful, perfect. And we use that going forward. Like if I would have just done that from the beginning, it would have saved me so much time and headache mm -hmm. and just beating my head against a wall, trying to figure something out that wasn't coming to me. And it was a, it's a great tool. So I would encourage everybody to embrace the play and embrace the change. Because I think initially, um, you and I both had this a similar initial reaction. It's like, I don't know about this, you know, chat GPT stuff. But the more you get into it, you see more and more applications where it can assist you and make your life a little bit easier. Um, so as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? You know, what's funny is I was like, you know, how do I answer this question? Because <laughs> I knew this one was coming. Right. Because I hear it from everyone. Um, so I asked ChatGPT what they thought. Ah. And, it, and it, gave <laughs> me, it gave me a list of nine different things. But I would like to kind of summarize what because a lot of it is things that I thought of. But I was like, how do I make this sound great? Um, I do see a lot of the future of Chambers using innovation and technology adaptation, obviously for <laughs> ChatGPT, yeah. me using AI and ChatGPT. I do see that. And I think with that, we will become leaders in the business space in general. Um, I think it will bring forward, um, i trying to think of the correct word that I want to use, but it will bring forward this leadership of how the standards should be set on business and how they can embrace it as well. And I think that will have a lot of, gosh, I'm trying to figure out <laughs> to use here. But you, I you can plug like, it, ask chat GPT. No, I'm just right? kidding. <laughs> no, seriously. Um, pretty much, yeah, just focusing on the technological changes, focusing on small business, and it's going to just help leverage that and just, you know, promote 
this business atmosphere that I think will be um, that'll encourage all of that. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And we need to be embrace the innovation that comes yes. with technology. Yes. And- <laughs> <laughs> you pretty much said exactly what I was wanting to say. <laughs> All right. Well, whether you know it or not, you said it at some point in there because I wrote it down when you said it. So. <laughs> um, well, Katie, I want to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who want to reach out and learn more, maybe you know, see some of the slides or anything you've shared at different conferences or whatever you're willing to share and, and help out with them. What would be the best way for someone to reach out and connect? The best way is probably through either email or through LinkedIn. So my email is just K-L-O-R-E-N-T-Z-E-N at chamberbloomington.org. And um, my LinkedIn, you can just find me, Katie Lorenzen, and I spell it differently. So I'll spell it here for you guys. It is K-A-Y-T-E-E, and then my last name, Lorenzen. And either a message on either of those are typically the best way to get a hold of me, just because I am all over the place and my phone is always on me. So those two apps are right there <laughs> for me. <laughs> That's perfect. And we'll get yes. that in our show notes, too, so people can pull that up and, and have easy access to reach out yes. to Katie. But I appreciate all the value you offered to listeners today here on Chamber Tap Podcast for sharing your experience of exploring and being innovative using generative AI. And I just, you know, it'll be fun to look back at this episode a year from now and be like, wow, things have really advanced in the last year. So I know I'm excited. Yeah. But thank you for being with us today. This has been a fun and enlightening conversation. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry.